they're talking together about people of the Old Testament who are very interesting and who have lives that give us encouragement and challenges and teach us great truths. And we're going to talk today about Noah in Genesis chapter 6. And following, we are introduced to Noah. And he's the man who conquered his circumstances. And, of course, we think of Noah and the flood, but there's so much more to him than that. And if we, if we think about daily the circumstances, some of them difficult, terrible, almost insurmountable problems that come our way, if we think about that, we, we can see that we can learn from Noah. Noah. Noah was a man who is not always given full credit for what I think he did. He, he lived in so long ago in such a different kind of setting that a lot of times we don't appreciate the kind of person that he was. And uh, his name means rest, and it suggests that he was a quiet man. Consequently, no one looked for him or looked for much from him because he was not a flamboyant personality. He wasn't somebody that knocked your socks off when you met him. He, he was just a, a nice, quiet guy. He, he was probably somewhat timid, but one thing about him, he stood firm. He made a difference. He overcame extreme circumstances. So let's examine first his circumstances. Let's look at God's divine diagnosis of the circumstances. In several verses in Genesis, it is given, but we might uh, separate his what God says about Noah's time in several ways. First, in Verse 5, the scripture says, The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. God saw not only what man was doing, but he saw what man was thinking. And he saw within man was this inclination toward evil, that the minds and the hearts of people were given over to evil and that they were driven by that, that these powerful tentacles of evil had reached down into the very center of their lives and had become pervasive. And, and the Bible says that the intent of their hearts was wrong. And the word intent has a Hebrew, is, is related to a word, Hebrew root word, which means pottery, means to fashion as a potter would fashion from wet clay a vessel. And what the peoples of Noah's day were doing was, was in their hearts they were fashioning their wicked philosophies, their obscene artifacts, their eagerly espoused filthy causes. And they made fashionable vile sins, and they poured society into their mold. You see, some things were taking place that were going on as it was all thought up in the minds and the hearts of the, of the, the people who had become evil. And verse 11 says the earth was corrupt, in the sight of God. Verse 12 says, And God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Everywhere God looked, he saw open, flagrant, public wickedness, impurity, lawlessness, vice, and violence. Horrible sins were flaunted and applauded. In fact, the heroes and hero heroines of that day were the men and women of renown who in the sight of God were simply people of corruption and wickedness. It's easy to judge people by our standards, but we need to judge people by God's standards. You see, a great person in God's standard is far different from a great person in human standard. 
You can always check the values of a civilization when you examine the people they glorify. In that day, they glorified sinners and sin. And a lot of that is true today. We glorify those who are evil, those who have, have done things that and are things that shouldn't. We glorify singers whose lives are full of immorality and impurity. We TV actors and sports personalities and politicians. But the word corrupt is a very strong Hebrew word when it talks about the people of that day. And it means destroy. That is, to corrupt is to destroy. And as men corrupted themselves in their sins, they destroyed themselves. The third part of God's diagnosis of the circumstances was increasing violence. God said the earth was corrupt and the the earth was filled with violence. He said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Violence was everywhere, murder, thievery, assault, rape. We experience that very same thing today. If you're not sure, listen to the news each night on television and you will be quick to realize what's going on, murder, rape, and all kinds of violence. The Bible says in verse 6, the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. When God saw the corruption of the world, he was grieved. It was the exact contrast of what he saw when he made the world. God saw that everything he had made was good, but now that which he had made had been turned into wickedness and evil and corruption and violence. God's always grieved over our sins because he loves us and because he cares about us. Grieve is a love word, and only those who care grieve. I mean, if you don't care about somebody, you don't grieve over them. And that's why Paul warned us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you were sealed until the day of redemption. We don't want to grieve God by our actions and acts and words and deeds. We who know Christ should not grieve him by our sins. It grieves great hurt and heartache to God. He's heartbroken over our sins. This great and powerful God of the universe has a broken heart. If you want to see what God is like, you can see him here. This is a picture of how he feels. He's grieved. There was a second response of God, and that is judgment. God's brokenhearted, but he has a deadline on his mercy and patience. Though God grieves, and though his heart is broken over sinful man, he says there comes a time when it is enough. There comes a time when even the patience of God reaches its end. In verse 13, he says to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence. I'm about to destroy them with the earth. The time has come. God says it's enough. God's patience, which is beyond all human patience, God's everlasting willingness to wait has finally come to an end. The Bible says in verse 3, My spirit shall not always strive with man forever. God has a deadline, and he, he puts a deadline on individuals as he gives us choices and a deadline on the world around us. Matthew 24, 37, and 38 says, In words, Jesus said, The coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah, for in those days which were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah, the day that Noah entered the ark. It's going to be just like that before I come back, Jesus said. And that's somewhat the way it is today. And the second great universal judgment will take place, not a judgment of flood or water, 
but a judgment of fire. God describes that oftentimes in Scripture as he shows it to us. And we're going to pick that up tomorrow and continue with Noah. I hope you'll be with me, and I hope you have a great day.